I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, everyone. It's Jack Eskin-Taylor here. Just a quick message for everybody that listens to our podcast. Me and Joe McCarthy are now going into business with a new business partner, Paul McGee. So me, Joe and Paul together have created Vine Street Investments. So Vine Street is going to be a brand that we're going to be pushing a lot more. And we're also going to be changing the Jack and Joe Show brand into the Vine Street Property Podcast. So please keep your eyes peeled and listen out for um, the new Vine Street intro, which will be coming on soon. We're just going to do a couple of episodes first and keep the Jack and Joe Show brand going. And eventually we will phase that out and it will all become the Vine Street Property Podcast. So please keep your eyes peeled and we look forward to bringing you lots more content. Welcome to the Jack and Joe Show. We talk about property, business and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin-Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors and our journey to health, wealth and happiness. Welcome to another episode of the Jack and Joe Show with me, Jack Heskin-Taylor. And me, Joe McCarthy. Today we are here with Paul McCarthy. How are you, Paul? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. How are you? Good. Yeah, nice now. Good now. Good, yeah. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about your background and we just like maybe touch on that and um, just kind of run through people like who you are and, and what you're doing before you got into property sourcing? Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I got into direct sales when I was 21. Um, just started out in direct sales, knocking on doors, doing a bit of a, um, I think what people class as canvassing, but it was actually gaining um, a few donations for charitable organizations. So that was um, where it started off, really. Done that for a couple of years and went into, um, well, went to actually make my own business doing the exact same. So got clientele nationwide, working with different charitable organizations, different um, insurance companies. We were working a lot with solicitors. It was crazy. It was a whirlwind. Mm. We um, quite quickly became the biggest direct sales business in Liverpool city center. And it, it went nationwide and we were we were pulling out some of the biggest results um, nationwide as well, if not the biggest for some of the clients that we had. So, excellent, crazy really. It was a bit of a whirlwind, but that's where it all started off. And just before we got into the property business, property sourcing, it was all direct sales, all door to door, private site, 
you know, gaining a lot of knowledge in those sectors and it, uh, it supports me so much. It supports me so much. No, that's excellent. Yeah, and that's where it's all kicked off, really. Yeah, no, and definitely like um, with the whole sales side of things, especially in deal packaging, a lot of it is sales related. So the, the skills that transfer over are very, very good, very relevant. I'm sure you found that. Would you say um, a couple of years doing direct sales, especially on the door-to-door, seeing as similar to that of a master's degree in sociology and psychology, you start being able to read others quite well and it's crazy the way your mindset changes. It's just a, it's just a mad world and it makes you a stronger person. You know, knocking on doors for so many hours per day. Mm. I think we were walking 30 miles per day. Um, so we were quite fit and you know, it, it was just, uh, for me, overall, it was an enjoyable experience. A lot of people might not like that sort of thing and being out in the cold weather and knocking on doors and speaking to different people, but something a bit different every day for me, and I really enjoyed it. Nice. No, that's excellent. Um, so in terms then of um, when you actually decided to get into property, when, when did that happen? Like, what was that kind of, I suppose, transition in your mind to go from what you were doing into property? Um, so at the end of 2018, I got the chance to manage uh, my first serviced accommodation unit, actually. And it was one of my cousin's units over on London Road. And the unit itself was doing really well. I mean, I think the, it's between two floors. And I think the bottom floor at the time was it was generating some massive profits, massive net profits. And I think my cousin, with all the jobs that he had, all the work that he had, he's just like, listen, do you want to manage it for me? And I got in there, done a bit of management on the um, on the property, brought in um, a lot more profits than what were being gained at the time. I changed a, a few different aspects of the business yeah. um, and applied different methods to just basically getting the property to where I believed um, it should be, well, it should have been. And, it's carried on from that now as well. It's it's doing really well still. And that's how I got into it. So property management, nothing to do with property sourcing. <laughs> how did you find that then, that experience? It was a good experience. It was. But for me, property management isn't something, I mean, it's very time consuming and you manage your own properties as well. Hmm. So it's very um, time consuming, as you probably know. And yeah. I'm just not into yeah. putting the amount of hours into a business when I've got other businesses um, that are individual and passive for me. So. Yeah, that makes sense, definitely. So what made you go from the, the service accommodation management and then into the source and how did that, how did that transition happen? So I went to a couple of um, seminars, so large seminars, one-on-one coaching, small Q&As and I just found that the deal packaging was more than my roots what I wanted to do long term so management was okay it's you know it's residual it is passive if you do it right but that initial period for me um, it was just it was just a difficult initial period to get through in order to gain a residual passive income that I wanted but we, we knew that deal source and allowed that so um obviously I've gained teams, a lot of teams in the past um, that were residual passive and automated and I just knew deal sourcing could could run into that. So that's how it started with deal sourcing. I just knew it could be the same as my other business if I applied all the techniques and methods used. 
Serious, yeah. That's good. So when um, when you went into the to the deal sourcing, how did you set that up? Did you go in alone? Was there anybody else involved? How did you structure it, and how quick did it get set up? Did it take a while? What was that like? No, do you know what? I went in alone. Um, I went on Fiverr.com. Um, got myself a logo, a couple of business cards, got an email. You know, people don't understand, and it's one thing that's in the book as well, which I'll speak about later, is setting up a business isn't very costly. You know, when you don't apply the insurance and compliance for deal source, and how much does it cost to actually set up a business? Yeah. You don't need an office at that initial period. I mean, you've got Starbucks, you've got hotels. So for me, um, I set up pretty quick. It took me three weeks to actually um, gain my first client. And well, on um, on the third week, it was the Monday actually. On the third week, we ended up. Um, I think we we generated or I generated personally thirteen thousand in sales that week. What you can class as sales, which properties being sourced. So not only did they do that, I actually went to each of the properties and um, furnished them myself. So furnished all the properties, packaged them up myself. And it was a bit of a whirlwind period, but I've done it myself. I said to the team, this team was doing direct sales at the time. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out there. I'm going to check a couple of different um, industries and I'm going to bring us into a different industry. Um, so for the first couple of months, I was doing deal sourcing on my own. And then I said to the team, come on, let's do it now. I think I brought seven or eight different guys in from the team and it just kicked off from there. And were they specifically rent-to-service accommodation deals? Rent-to-service accommodation, yeah. Very good, very good. Um, so in terms of you know managing the team and all that, obviously you had the past experience um, and that sort of skill set's kind of transferred over nicely. Um, did you like you know just bring on one person to help you out at the start and then bring on another or did you just go full whack and bring on all seven or was it just kind of a gradual, more of a gradual thing? Basically, with direct sales, there's a lot of average to a direct sale. So I needed to check the lot of average um, at the time for um, sourcing. So sourcing my clients and sourcing units for the use of service accommodation, you know, going over everything. So once I'd done that and I'd done it well, it, it, you know, it took a couple of months. But once I gained a lot of average, I was able to tell the guys, listen, we've got a lot of average. Let's go. Yeah. You know, the transferable skills from the direct sales um literally they just took on board straight away and right into property sourcing you know if you teach a team the way we were you know teaching and training on a daily basis in our office in the middle of Liverpool city center you know it, it just it brings on some some strong mindset and they just went straight in there and um I'd say 90% of the guys smashed it out in the first month done really well. Brilliant. That's excellent. Um, in terms of that, getting that law of averages, um, so that's like basically your strike rate. So say if you're you know, going in to talk with maybe 10, 20, 30 agents, you know, is that what you mean by that? It's like how many agents you have to go to before you'll actually get a deal? Yeah, so you've got agents you need to speak to, but also there's a lot of average to the clients that you get as well. 
Good. There's a lot of phone calls, a lot of um, client phone calls that you need to do. Obviously, there's a structure to everything. There's NDAs to be signed. There's properties to be gained. And then there's actually closing those deals. So it comes in different sorts of mini goals that you've got to hit, mini business goals. Mm. But once you've got a lot of average to actually hitting every single one of those goals, you're able to transfer that over to your team. And being in direct sales beforehand, which direct sales is a bit different if you've never done that sort of thing, door-to-door, private site. Um, it's a bit different. The sales are a lot higher than what they are in property sourcing because property sourcing sales are classed as high ticket. So the load of average is a lot smaller. Um, well, you, you don't do as many sales in, in um, high ticket sales, put it that way. Yeah, I suppose when you're talking figures, when you're yeah, when you're talking like the the figures when it comes to packaging a deal, you know, into the thousands versus like say if it's a new, I don't know, phone contract or something like that, it's a bit of a difference, you know. So yeah, yeah our direct sale at the time was around a hundred and fifty pounds through yeah. our clients, which if you broke that down, it's massive. It really is. It's 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 a massive fee to gain from a client. Um, doing a, a door-to-door direct sale especially if it's not a high ticket sale hmm. Did you give, have you got any tips for anyone that may be looking to start out in deal packaging and thinking of maybe focusing on rental service accommodation any tips for anybody that's potentially new to it or hasn't got hasn't maybe got much sales experience um, I'd say one-on-one coaching you can't go into a business like this without the initial coaching. I, I don't believe um, sales has to be, you know, you need to learn how to sell. If you want automation, you need to learn how to run a team and you need to learn how to do it to a good standard. Not only that, closing is massive. If you don't know how to close a sale, you, you know, you, you're not going to do very well either. So you can take the leap and actually go in there and give it a shot. You know, go in there and get in, gain a couple of units that are fully compliant to the, for the use of service accommodation. Yeah. Or if you want to actually package them over for someone else, you know, deal source to a good standard, you need to learn how to sell to a good standard. So the one-on-one coaching, I'd say, find someone who's been in the business um, for a couple of years who knows how to do it to a good standard and just aim to get a bit of coaching. You know, it might cost a few hundred pounds, might cost a couple of grand, but it's going to be a lot better than going to these large group seminars where there's no Q and A, you're not you're just not going to get any information from anything like that. So I'd yeah. say coaching. Mm-hmm. So okay, that's great. So in terms then of um, say you know you're packaging deals, you're going to your agents and you're going calling different investors on the phones. What would be some common objections that you'd come across? Um, common objections. I'd say the biggest objection is you aiming to sublet our property. So, I mean, there's different company lets as well. Obviously, there's a company let which my business pays for my apartment I'm in at the moment. That's a standard company let. Yeah. And obviously, you've got the company let, um, which you're going to, on our, well, in our case, we're going to let to our corporate clients on a nightly, weekly, and monthly basis. They're totally different, and a lot of the time, the um, estate agents don't understand that. Mm. 
so how would you handle that then like how would you explain that to the agents that you're you've got to be honest and upfront so when you're actually gaining a unit the initial in that initial period the talks um, you need to be truthful about everything that you're doing so we let our corporate clients on a nightly weekly and monthly basis mm. our corporate clients include this this and this and we we do feature on the likes of airbnb booking.com etc you need to be truthful i've seen a couple of people um on the property pages and they're describing it to the estate agents um wrongly uh, i mean they're coming across and basically lying to say that they're going to have like steady contractors and stuff inside of the properties um it's just not true you've got to be honest you've got to be upfront. yeah you've got to a, a company contract it's not a, it's not a standard AST and I think that's one which people don't mind to sign I mean it's totally illegal you can't do it it's got to be a company that contract hmm. you've got to fully make the estate agents aware of what you're doing and how you do it hmm. yeah, yeah that so not like not not that anybody advised us to do that, but that was sort of the gist that we got when we first started out was sort of say that you've got contractors who stay regularly. Um you've already got them contacts and that obviously if you're just starting out you haven't. Um but yeah, that was how we, we sort of gauged it a bit that people were sort of coming across that way. Um it's just hard because you don't want to mention Airbnb and booking.com straight away because it might be on the back foot, but you do need to get you need to get that point across and make sure it's clear, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you'd explain it, and I say, I mean, we've got a pitch. We've got a pitch for everything. I mean, when we converse, it's still a pitch. We are conversing, but we're pitching at the same time. We're telling them exactly what we're expecting, mm. and we're, we're honest um, to what we expect. We're very direct as well. I mean, we're, we're quite indifferent with our approach. If they want to support us with their property, that's fine. If they don't, it's absolutely fine as well. Because there's a lot of average out there, we will literally speak to another 100 agents that day to gain another unit. It's absolutely fine. Mm. For the ones that don't want to do it and don't want to do it to, to the standard that we want, to the contract length that we want, to the rent that we want, it doesn't bother us at all. I mean, if you start to see it as a lot of average, you're off the phone quite quick, to be honest, because a lot of agents just don't want you to use their clients' properties for the use of serviced accommodation. That's absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah, so... Just off the phone onto the next one. Definitely, yeah. Especially with deal packaging, it's really important. You've got to be persistent, you've got to be fast. And it's not a case of you're having a, a 30, 40 minute call with an estate agent. That's, it, it's not true. You, you'd find that it's just literally persistence. Hmm. Very good. And um, in terms then on the flip side with uh, investors, what might be some invest um, some you know objections you get from investors then? Um, so with myself, I'm a bit different from the team members. Um, I'll gain what's classed as a deposit to do work. For me, I don't have to. I don't have to do work. And when I choose to do it, I want to make sure that the person. I'm doing it for the clients and doing it for it's serious. Mm. So I'll gain a deposit and I'll basically go out there and pass them the properties that we have in stock that meets their criteria or I'll go out and source to order. Um, 
but with the team members, you get a lot of people who don't want to give deposits. They're not very direct on what they want. They don't give you a time frame. I I, I can't do it. <laughs> I need a time frame. I'll ask them on the phone. When is it you actually want your next service accommodation unit? I mean, you have the budgets. What is your annual income? Can you afford what you're looking for? You get a lot of people who come in and I want a property in London. It's £2,000 a month or £3,000 a month. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. What's your annual income? 16000 It's like, you don't... How old's your company? It's um, two months old. <laughs> okay, your company's not going to qualify. You're not going to qualify um, as a guarantor either. So you're not able to actually get a property for that price. And mm. you, you see a lot of people who come in from a course, like a Samuel Leeds course, and they want to get a service accommodation unit. They, they don't understand what actually goes into actually gaining one of these units and how you qualify. Mm. I mean, even if it's direct to vendor, we're going to make sure our clients, um, sorry, we're going to make sure our vendors have the right client for the property in the long term. Very good. Um, in terms of what you're doing now, so um, what are your plans kind of going forward after coronavirus or even now, like in your business, like what's, what's kind of the future plans? I mean, to begin with, we, we didn't do any um, sales for the first few weeks. But after the first few weeks, um, property sourcing has just been the same for us. So yeah. it's just going to be steady. Um, we're just going to carry on with what we're doing, to be, to be fair, with our property source. And we brought quite a lot of new units on board. We've got a massive stock list at the moment, um, which isn't necessarily good. Obviously, we source to order most of our clients, but we've got a stock list there for clients that, you know, if it hits their expectations and the criteria, fantastic. But I think for us as a team, we're just going to get back together um, over the next few weeks, few months, depending on how, how the law sees that. And um, we're, we're going to come up with a couple of um, plan, well, a little plan of action in order to move forward. Right. in the mid and long term so for the foreseeable future because a period like this it can break a team or it can make a team so mm-hmm. I think with our team we're all quite close which is which is good yeah, so, yeah. Um, how's Sam getting on? Sam um, well Sam done another sale yesterday so, yeah yeah Sam's Sam's a good lad he, he's very young and you'll see him all over these property um social media pages for a long time I think he's, he's a really good lad and in regards to sales he's really good at sales having that experience doing it door to door the private site he's done more at an early age than what most people do and he's got so many different sorts of I don't know he's been taught so many different sales methods and tactics and he's got a good mindset so I think for him, it's onwards and upwards. He's, he's going to achieve quite a lot more than what I did at that early age anyway. That's good. Nice, nice. It's good to hear he's doing well. Definitely. Um, so I know you mentioned before, you know, we spoke about a few a few months ago, and you mentioned about you wouldn't mind getting like buying a block to do a service accommodation. Yeah, so that's sort of the medium long-term goal is to gain a block. And we're going to gain quite a few units before and on a buy-to-let basis. Well, buy-to-let's, you know, service accommodation. 
Yeah. We're going to gain quite a few of those units. We're going to eventually sell a portfolio and gain a block. I mean, we've got blocks at the moment that, you know, we source on to clients. But to have your own block, I think it's a massive goal. Mm. It's a massive goal, especially in a city that you love. To have my own block in Liverpool City would be amazing. Mm. Yeah, it'd be nice. And cash flow and everything like that, it just it makes sense, I suppose, like with management and everything. And um, yeah, it does make sense. I think, it, yeah, the true meaning of automation, residual passive income is to have your own block. If it's being run correctly, then I think it's onwards and upwards. You've seen quite a few people within the city. I mean, we live in the same city. How many blocks are being, are being put up on a daily basis? <laughs> <I> know, <yeah. laughs> Outside my window at the moment, there's another crane. Um, but yeah, I mean, I want to be part of that. And I will be part of that, definitely. Sweet. That's so excellent. What size sort of block are we talking? Um, a block of 100. I want a 100 unit block. Nice. Nice. Very cool. So I'm going to work on that over the next few years in order to gain the units and the portfolio needed. And then I'm going to go in um, and gain my own block, whether that's with investors or, or not. Uh, you know, I'll eventually get there, but... You know, the sooner the better, really, isn't it? And yeah. I've got quite big goals, so. Yeah. Um. So, do you want to talk a little bit about your book, The Middleman? Yeah, definitely. That'd be great. So, um, you want to tell us a bit about it. Um, what's in it, and what uh, what are you sharing in it, and where can people get it? Yeah. So it's just become available on pre-order by Amazon, and there's a couple of main points within the book which is about the mindset needed to start a business, executing your vision. So executing a vision is basically doing goals, um, hitting mini goals, and basically daily don't see your bigger goals. And then you've got a, a really special column called the override systems. And the override systems are basically the foundations of the book. We say that the, the power they possess are limitless literally because the override systems are residual passive income and being able to, to gain that through my other businesses and the new business. I mean, it, it just makes you feel much better about yourself as a person. You know, you're able to work when you want to work, et cetera. And that's what the book's about. It's about freedom. You know, I've created freedom for myself over the past few years and I want to teach other people how to do it. Excellent. Um, so where can people get the book? Um, Amazon. So today we're going to pop out a few links with our launch team and they're basically going to show everyone the books on pre-order. It's on pre-order for like a fiver and you get a um, a paperback and you also get a um, an ebook version as well. So the paperback pre-order isn't out. Um, on the 21st, you're able to get the paperback, but at the moment, the pre-order for the ebook is, is available for a fiver. Lovely. Excellent. And I'll leave a link. Totally joke. Yeah, right. I'll leave a link there in the title. Once this is all, uh, once we get the link off here, we'll leave it in the title in this video. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Thank you, guys. No problem. I was going to ask, what was the process like with Amazon setting that up? Was it smooth? Was it difficult? Um. No. Do you know what? To be honest, it's all smooth. It's all. It's it's quite easy. Um. I was amazed that there's more people out there that have got so much knowledge that haven't popped the book on Amazon, to be fair. 
it, it's a bit crazy the way it works with its royalty systems and it, it gives you a percentage of the book sales because they own the rights officially. I think it yeah. gives you 30% of the book sales or 70. Uh, I was telling someone the other day, actually, the big reason why I made the book um, was for my sons, basically, to explain to them how residual and passive income works. So with us, we're not going to, or myself, I'm not going to be taking any sort of profits out from the book sales. It's for the little ones to learn how residual and passive income works. And basically when they're a bit older, I'll explain it to them how it works and how we were able to create a little residual passive income while being in a quarantined period um, <laughs> in a pandemic. I mean, a lot of people haven't done anything in this pandemic and there's me doing 14, 16 hour days. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to teach the little ones uh, how to gain that residual passive income. If you don't have a clue at what I do, I don't think anyone in the family does. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, that's good. That's a good reason why for the book like. It's interesting. Other cases are to them being able to actually put knowledge in from what I've gained since I've been quite young and I've got a, a lot of knowledge to put out there and there's a lot of secrets that other companies just won't come out there and explain how to do certain um, methods in the book basically I just I'm coming out there explaining to people this is how finances actually work in a business this is how you could use them to your advantage here's the mindset needed you know, you're going to need automation. That's what the book's about. It's about automating your business. So whether it's a new business or a business that you currently have, you know, there's certain stuff that you may be doing slightly wrong, you know, that you could improve. It might even be that you don't have a team. You might be doing it on your own. And the book explains basically what steps to take in order to, to gain automation and a residual passive income, whether you're sitting on a beach or, you know, at home in a coffee shop. You know, anyone's able to to create finances with a business without actually putting in the forty hour the forty hour weeks. And I think people need people need to see that we need more entrepreneurs, guys. We need, we need more people like um, Joe and Jack. <laughs> That's been great. That's been really really good. Um, what we normally say to everyone, Paul, is hopefully have you have you on again in the future. Be interesting, sort of later on in the year or you know however long we leave it. So to have you on again and see see how, how we've how we've gone on our journey and yourself as well and discuss where we are as well. I'm sure there'll be loads more to discuss again. Definitely, I'm sure you'll be seeing a lot more of me in the future. Um, obviously, I meet up with you guys quite a bit anyway with the property meetings and yeah. you can do this again anytime. You know, it'll be good that we've. We've, we've hit a few business goals in the meantime and then when we're back on we can say yeah here's the sales figures here's how we're doing here's how the business is so you know, we can all look each other in the eye and and see if we survived the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> survived 2020 so, <laughs> so that'll be good you know oh, whether God. it's july whether it's um 2021 you know we, we, we'll see i'll be back on a podcast yeah definitely <laughs> That's great. Thanks very much. Perfect. Cheers, Paul. We'll catch up soon. It's been a pleasure. And uh, best of luck with the book. Can't wait to read it. Thank yeah, you very much, guys. Speak 100%. to you both soon. Perfect. See, see you later. See you later. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin-Taylor and Joe McCarthy. 
sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Adwanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering, called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the-media-leader.com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader, from Adwanted UK.